10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. But now the question is, does Garoppolo stay with the Niners for the entirety of the season? That is the question that I wonder, because a part of me thinks... A hundred percent, yes, he does. But then there's a slight chance. What if there's an injury elsewhere and that people go out seeking? I don't know. Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Shea Cornett and Matt Jones here with you on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series XM, Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We're asking you, what college football game are you most looking forward to this weekend? One sleep away from Pitt in West Virginia. Three sleeps away from a college football slate on Saturday. Can't wait for that. Quickly before we get into some of these calls, our, our, our lines are lit up a little bit here, Matt. What do you think? Do you think that Garoppolo stays on the Niners roster the entire season? I'm going to say yes, only because I think he is going to end up needing to play. I think there is probably a 20 to 25% chance that they just decide to play him because Trey Lance isn't as effective as they hope. And then there's probably a 25% chance he gets hurt, right? I mean, that's just the reality of playing quarterback in the NFL. So I think there's probably a better than average chance they keep him. Plus, at $6.5 million, at this point, it's not – why wouldn't you, right? Like, I mean, at this point, it better be a good trade to get him. And I also think the other teams in the league are only going to trade for him if they believe they're a title team that loses their quarterback. Right. right, so if you're if you're a Seattle at this point, I don't think there's any reason to trade for him because he's going to be an unrestricted free agent. So you know what? Why would I do that? So I think it would only be about ten teams that would want him, and I think the 49ers are one of those teams because if they lose Trey Lance, they're not a contender unless he stays. Right. I mean, look, if Seattle wanted Garoppolo, I feel like they would have already. They'd already it. gotten. Yeah, they would have yeah. already done that. So that ship has completely sailed. Uh, so is this one. Let's move on to college football because, again, we're so close now to college football really being underway. We got a little dabble in week zero, and now we really get to move ahead to week one, and that all starts tomorrow night between Pitt and West Virginia. Let's go to Sideline Mike in Atlanta. Sideline Mike, what are you looking forward to this weekend? Well, I'm looking forward to going duck hunting this weekend. Okay. To let everybody know that just because we sent 15 players to the NFL, we got 15 more that are going to be ready. But uh, Matt Jones knows what date I'm waiting on, baby. November yeah, that's the 19th. Right. That's gonna be, let me ask you a question, Mike. Don't you think, and I'm not just saying this as a Kentucky guy, don't you think that that's Georgia's hardest game of the year probably on paper? Most definitely, because when you when we when we see Kentucky, oh, we we're looking in the mirror. We're looking in the mirror. When you That's look right. at how how they build their team from the inside out, and how they play defense, and how you know. After you've been, let me tell you something, man. When you play Kentucky, brother, that's a pier six brawl. Look at what. Look at how the teams fare the week after they play Kentucky. We wanted to, man. We lost four players that game. Remember they that? They did. Night? They did. We they lost, lost four guys that game. And, and a lot. And that's one of the things. And I appreciate the call sideline, Mike. That's one of the things, Shay, about college football. And again, I'm not trying to be an SEC homer, but one of the things about the SEC that gets underrated 
is that the medium teams, okay, I'm not talking about Alabama, Georgia, or even Texas A&M, but teams from like Kentucky, South Carolina, Arkansas, Ole Miss, those teams are good enough that even if they don't beat you over the course of a year, they wear you down through the thing. There are no, I'm not going to say there's no gimmies. Vandy's a gimme. But you get outside of Vandy, there's no gimmies in the SEC. And, and other conferences say that, but they're lying. But it's true about the SEC, and I think that is really what makes the league different than the rest. I mean, it's hard to disagree with that. I, I, every year, though, there seems to be more than one outside of just Vandy that is a little bit of a gimme. But it, it's hard to disagree with top to bottom. Obviously, the SEC feels like it's a deeper conference year in and year out, and it's so loaded, obviously, at the very top. Let's go to Mike in West Virginia. Mike in West Virginia. ESPN. Eight eight eight. Say ESPN. What do you want to say, yeah. Mike? Oh, you know, I'm looking forward to that WVU pit game. Um. I was there when Darrell Rivas returned that amazing punt return against WVU, and WVU's my team, so that was awesome. Um, well, I just want to shout out that guy that was kind of smack-talking West Virginia a little bit, uh, basically condescending, talking about how, you know, acting like we're a bunch of hillbillies, basically. You're not a bunch um, of hillbillies, but you're going to have to talk faster if we're going to have you on this show. What do you got? Quickly. <laughs> I just want to tell him to stop it. That's all. Okay, that's, okay, that's all enough. we need. See, I like that. That's Shay. That's what I want on 888-CSPN. If you want to send a message to another fan base, just call in and say stuff it. That's entertaining. Nobody needs to get the, the – don't get the setup. I just want to hear you say, hey, Pitt, stuff it. That's college football. So you don't <laughs> get that in the NFL is, hey, Pitt, stuff it. Yeah, you're right. Uh, but we get Pitt and West Virginia tomorrow night. College football week one kicking off. Um, I want to pivot, though, back to the NFL because, Matt, there's been a story that obviously has been circulating. We have yet to talk about it here, and that is uh, John Gruden, former Raider head coach, uh, spoke for the first time in I don't know how many months. I don't know really how to feel about this, Matt, because I feel like I wasn't I'm not I, I'm not really ready to listen to John Gruden. Like I would have liked like an entire football season to kind of pass before I heard this, but I also understand that he has taken a long time and taken a back seat and he has things to say. So so here we are, John Gruden, former Raider head coach. Let's take a listen to what he has to say and, and what he hopes to do here in the National Football League. I'm not going to um, uh, say anything but honest things here. I'm ashamed about uh, what has uh, come about in these emails, and I'll make no uh, excuses for it. It's just, it's, it's shameful. But... Uh, I am a good person. I believe that. I, I'm, I, I go to church. I've been married for 31 years. i got three great boys. I still love football. I've made some mistakes, but I don't think anybody else in here hasn't. Uh, and I just ask for forgiveness, and hopefully I get another shot. So, okay. So, you know, earlier today I was talking to Matt Lack, our producer, about this, and I was like, I don't really know how to feel about this. Like, I don't know that I was ready to hear from Gruden yet. I didn't need it in my life today. I didn't need to talk about – we don't need to talk about this today. But I, to me, I also – I mean, I understand what he's saying. Um, but I, why now? You know what I mean? Like, why come forward now and say these things and hope to have another shot? Like, I would have preferred, again, if an entire football season passed and then we heard from him. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, first of all – you got to stop with the I'm a good person, I go to church. Okay, yeah, I'm sorry. That doesn't that. J- j- just because you go to church doesn't mean anything. Now, I think things like this are complicated to talk about, but I'll give you my simple view of it. A lot of people make mistakes. 
okay? You can make a big mistake. I'm a big believer in this. This isn't always popular in the world, but I'm a big believer you can make a mistake and still be a good person if you sort of accept it and ask for forgiveness. But there's a difference between being a big mistake and what he did because he didn't just write one thing. That was racist anti-gay email after email and when you're in private you learn what people are like he didn't think it would come out and it did so listen do i think he should never be able to speak ever again no but he needs to understand just saying i go to church that's not enough for what actually occurred well and let's remember what his job title was he was a leader of men right he was a head football coach and and when you're saying things like this in an email and you're a leader of men there are different consequences than comes from a random child saying it in an email who doesn't lead men. You know what I'm saying? Like, there are different consequences for different people. And so for him saying that he wants another shot at football, whatever that entails, whether that's, I don't know if that means television or coaching or whatever it is, like, I'm sorry, but I don't know who out there in their right mind would think that this would be a preferred man to lead men in the future. Well, he's never getting a job. Well, he's, he's, okay. He's so never going to be a head coach again. Now, so now, that's do my I point. Think he, do I think he should never be able to work again? That's a different situation. But he will never be a head coach again. And I don't think he should. You no, I don't can't. Th- there's so many qualified people for these jobs. You don't have to give John Gruden that job. No, it, it is not a right to be an NFL head coach. You know, there's such so much yapping out there about cancel culture and blah blah blah. Here's the reality: when you get in a privileged position like being an NFL coach, you don't have a right to that job. And he did something, in my opinion, that doesn't disqualify him from having a life that should be happy, but it does disqualify him from being an NFL coach. Yep, I I agree with you wholeheartedly. And again, I, I... I think that goes to what I was saying. Like, I don't even know that I was ready to, like, hear from him yet because I'm still kind of eh about the entire situation. Like, I don't want to hear your side of the story yet. I'm still processing what I've already heard, if you understand what I mean. Uh, Let's go to Reed here in Illinois because he wants to comment on the situation with John Gruden. Reed, go ahead. What do you got? Hey, guys. Just after what Gruden said, I don't even think he's qualified to carry around the Gatorade bottles for anybody. I mean – it just sounds racist. He still sounds arrogant. He really doesn't sound sorry for what he's done. Also, just a big shout-out to Doofenshmirtz. Have a good one, guys. <laughs> That's not very nice. See, and see, it's like- Ryan Matlack, our producer's fault. He says everybody says that when I get worked up, I sound like Doofenshmirtz from Phineas and Ferb, and I don't think that's very nice, Accurate. to be honest with you. I don't even know who that is. Is that? I like- didn't either, like- but a caller called in, and to be fair, if they play it at some point in the next segment, you'll hear I kind of do sound like him, but I still think <laughs> – mean that people say it okay good well i learned something new today from reed and from you matt jones i appreciate that uh we'll dive a little bit more into this gruden situation i also see that there are a bunch of calls here in regards to what's coming up on the college football slate so we'll hit both those things next you're listening to canty and carlin on espn radio we all know breakfast is an important part of your day but sometimes when you're traveling for business you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any you know what happens You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. 
Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Shay Cornette, Matt Jones, filling in for Canty and Carlin here on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. You can reach us, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776, because we're taking your calls on what game, situation, person, player, coach, I don't care what it is. What are you excited for for college football? Because we had the taste last week in week zero. We get the full slate now coming up in week one. Tomorrow night is when it all starts with West Virginia and Pitt. Can't wait for that. Before we pivot to college football, which we'll get into in just a minute, we were talking, obviously, about John Gruden, former Raiders head coach, uh, spoke to the media and, 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 you know, essentially asked for forgiveness in a roundabout way. I thought it was interesting, though, Matt, and the caller that we just had on here moments ago, him saying, like, he still sounds arrogant and he doesn't sound like he's learned anything or that he really is sorry because the way he words it is like, look, I'm, a go- I- I'm sorry, I'm a good person, I go to church, I have <laughs> – good kids the i go to church kills me like that like that means like that means well if he goes to church then he must be all right well there's there's like wonderful human beings in this world that don't go to church you know what i mean like that's not the barometer of a good person it's just to me like uh, again i i don't know that i was ready for gruden but i guess that is true i don't know that he sounded remorseful and for the first time for us to hear from him in in his own kind of space like I, I needed a little more remorse because the things that he did right and the way he made people feel was gross it was terrible and, and i would never want someone to feel that way right you it know what i mean it wasn't a slip identity. of the tongue i right. have I, i'm not gonna say i always have sympathy for people with slip of the tongue but when you're a public figure you can talk and mess up right. these were private emails he said what he thought but he just didn't want to acknowledge it see i'm gonna teach john gruden how you apologize for this okay here's what you say <laughs> here's a lesson now, no, I mean, I mean it. Like, if you want sympathy, like, not sympathy, but if you want forgiveness, what you say is, what I did was unacceptable, and it reflected a line of thinking that, unfortunately, I let slip into my life that I should not have. I was ignorant about the things that I felt. I was ignorant about what I said, and I'm doing steps X, Y, and Z to, to get better, better myself. Yep. That's what he did. If you say something like that, then I still don't think you're ever going to be a head coach, but I do start to go, okay, maybe this is a person who actually is attempting to understand their behavior. There have been people who have made mistakes in public life that I've seen do things like that. And when that happens, I do want to see them get a second chance. This was different. This was a private email that he, he, he didn't think would ever get seen, which means this is how he talks. And unless he can explain to me, why is this how you talked? This is not just something you said. This is something you wrote multiple times. He had racist and anti-gay things in the same email, which means that's just how you talk. I still don't think his apology gets to that. And it's why these guys, they're so arrogant that when they get taken down, they feel like it's not fair. Well, it's not fair that you would have behaviors like that and have been put in a position of public power a long time ago. Yeah, and again, this is a guy that was leading men that 
were the things that he was describing distastefully in these emails, right? Like he has to look people in, he had to look people in the eye that were really hurt by these kinds of comments. And quite frankly, like that's not fair. And he for made any- them about specific people, Shay. Right. He, he literally said this person is. Right. It wasn't like some theoretical thing. It was about Michael Sam, and I can't remember the, who who the, uh, the African American was, but he did them about specific people. Yeah, and again, like, there are ways to approach things, and I don't know that this was the right one, and quite frankly, I just wasn't ready to hear from John Gruden, and it seems like maybe he wasn't ready to talk either. Let's put that aside, because now the Raiders are going to move forward without him with a new regime, and look, there's not a lot of pressure on the Raiders, but there's a lot of potential, if you will, with this Raiders team. Uh, They're in the most competitive division, in my opinion, in the entire National Football League, and they'll get tested early. I think they play three teams in their division in the first five weeks, and they got an early bye in week six. So we'll find out who this Raiders team is with out John Gruden, because yes, we saw them in the back half of the season, but now it's a fresh slate, truly, really. Um, we'll figure out who they really are now here this upcoming season. In the meantime, we pivot because college football is on the horizon this weekend, and so let's get to some of these calls, and let's start with BZ in Kentucky. BZ, what you got? Oh, no. Matt Jones is the best thing to happen to ESPN Radio. Seriously. It's See, like ASR all day. <laughs> That's very nice of you, but he didn't have to do that. I knew when you put him on what he was going to do. He's one of my regular callers, Shay, and he's a very nice guy, but I I knew he was going to do that. Thank you. Okay. Well, see, we can all use some compliments here now and then. I'm here for it, BZ. Well, listen, that's just the truth. But here's the thing, all right? Kentucky football is going 12 and oh this year. Will Levis is passing for 40 touchdowns. All right. We're going 12 and over, going to the SEC championship. It's time. It is time. Kentucky football has arrived, and this is our season, baby. Let's go. Woo! Let's go, Shay. Do you hear that excitement? I appreciate the call, Beezy. You hear I that? Do. 12 I and do. 0. Uh, I don't know about 12 and 0, but I will say, outside of that Georgia game, November 19th, it's actually a pretty favorable path for Kentucky. Yes, it is. And I know they were getting, you know better as the season progressed last year and their quarterback is very good. I actually don't know that this is extremely far-fetched. What about you, Matt? You know far better than me. The the key moment's week two at Florida. I mean, first of all, if you're Billy Napier, the new Florida coach, how about this? New job, lot of expectations. You open up the season at home against number seven Utah. Your second week is at home against a Kentucky team that has played you extremely well and beaten you a few times the last few years. He has a chance to start, Shay, 0-2, both home losses. I mean, can you imagine coming out of the gate like that yeah, when you're no, the new the Florida coach? That is, yeah. a ve- I mean, like, that is a very difficult thing. I think that's the key game for Kentucky. If they can win that, they have a chance to start 7-0, and and that Georgia game at the end of the year would mean a lot. Uh, it would actually it would mean something, right? And I think that in itself would mean a lot if you're a Kentucky fan. Obviously, let's go to Harvey in Columbus, Ohio. What do you got, Harvey? Harvey, are you there? Line one, Harvey. Oh, Matt Lex's on the phone with him now. Okay, it's in bold. So I thought Harvey had something profound to say. I wasn't sure. Oh, we can take old Harvey All now. Right, let's right go to lot. Harvey. Harvey, what's going on, buddy? What's going on? How you guys doing? Good. What's up? I just wanted to say that what you were saying earlier about Notre Dame being cool. The only thing cool about Notre Dame is their coach because he's a former Buckeye. And that Ohio State is going to destroy them. I give them 45 goose eggs. 
Oh, come on. You don't even think they put up a point? Give me a break. (laughs) You guys are so extreme. Not a point. Listen, I don't think I don't think it's gonna be forty five nothing, but I think it's gonna be a thirty point game. I do. I hope it's not. I don't think it's gonna be close. I don't. That's not I mean, even I appreciate good for college football. That's not even good for college football for Notre Dame to be that bad. I hope it's not that. And I understand Ohio you, you State's gonna be good. I love you, Shay. I love you, Shay. But that's, Notre Dame fans all think we. I am the rest not of a Notre country. Dame fan. Will you stop but, it? But I you're sitting not. here saying it's not good for college it's football. Not, college it's football not. will be just fine without Notre Dame. Who cares about Notre Dame? They don't play a good schedule nowadays anyway. Why do I need Notre Dame in my life? There's a lot of good college football without Notre Dame. Because it's just be- it's better if USC is better. It's better if Notre Dame's better. Miami would be nice to be back in the fold. I'd like, like for Miami to-, to be good. But you, but we got Alabama. We got Ohio State. We got oh. Clemson. We got Michigan. We've got Georgia. Why do I need Notre Dame? Come you on. know what? A few years ago, maybe if you weren't an SEC homer over there, you'd been like, I don't necessarily need Georgia. And now here they are. It's just good for college football sometimes. You know what I mean? But there's always going to be good teams. They just It doesn't have to be Notre Dame. It can be anybody, but they're just so arrogant with their gold helmets and their okay, holier-than-thou ways. It's ridiculous. I mean, I agree, actually, with all that. I can't even defend that. I actually agree with everything you just said. But I also agree with the fact that I think it's good for college football for them not to lay a goose egg week one against Ohio State in primetime national television. Uh, all right, next up, continue to talk about Notre Dame because why not? Let's just rile Matt up. Let's just do that. Also, we'll take more of your college football calls here on Canty and Carlin and – this is a question that was thrown out to us. I don't know how to feel about it because it seems like a very obvious answer to me. Is Tom Brady a top 10 quarterback in the league? I, I, I don't know how That's you go a, another way. Uh, who's going to say no? Who I says don't know. No? I don't know who says maybe Patriot, disgruntled Patriot fans. I'm not sure. We'll talk more about it next. It's ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Candy and Carlin coming through your airwaves here on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Sorry, can't be more of Drake, but unfortunately you get our voices instead. Shay Cornette, Matt Jones here with you. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Join the conversation. Give us a call because you know what? We are in the throes of it. We are about to start off week one of college football season, and we can't wait. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Weigh in on that Dr. Pepper call online and tell us what you're looking forward to. Let's go to John in Florida. John, what uh, game are you most looking forward to and why for the start of college football season? Well, I, um, I just love college football, okay? I'm a Miami Hurricane fan, and I really hope Mario gets us back on track to, to being respectable again, first off, and then, you know, build to a championship. 
And I will say there, there was nothing greater than the 80s and 90s when Notre Dame was good, Miami was good, FSU, because you love to hate Notre Dame. But with their academic requirement, it's going to be hard for them to compete in college Stop football it. the way the Stop landscape is Stop it. That's just not now. true. That's just but not true. Going. First of all, keep going. That's just, that's just listen, not listen true. Let me. Listen, I appreciate the. Listen. I appreciate the call. Wait, let him listen. Finish. Wait, he was going to say. Here's what he's going to say. He's going to talk about academics, but that's nonsense. Notre Dame fans like to say that, but the academic requirements at Notre Dame are slightly higher than the others. But this idea that somebody, everybody, has to be able to get is road scholars. You guys at Notre Dame, you let in people that wouldn't get in otherwise. Let's not act like everybody there is all of a sudden, you know, headed right afterwards to you know the top levels of med school. You know that's not true, right? Okay, yes, but they do have – but I, whenever someone brings up academic standards, I'm like, okay, now they haven't been like Notre Dame in terms of football, but like Stanford had figured it out and they yeah. have higher requirements. Northwestern's Northwestern been Northwestern has Rose figured Bowl. it out. Like they don't have the same, you know, level of excellence when it comes to football or like the expectations that obviously comes with Notre Dame, but there are schools that have figured it out. So I, I don't like to use that either. But he does make a good point. I think that they have stricter requirements than some SEC schools. We'll just leave it at that. Oh, they Mr. do. Mentions. No, no, no. There's – no doubt there's some, but I do think it's very important to understand. this. I, there are plenty of top-level recruits that could meet their requirements, and they just don't get all of them. And then when right. they do, they don't necessarily always succeed. So I, I, I don't buy those. Rec- I would say the schools in the Big Ten, a handful of the schools in the Big Ten have just as hard a requirements as Notre Dame. Maybe, and maybe that, is, maybe that is true. All right, let's go to Scott in Atlanta. Scott, what are you looking forward to with college football? Scott, you there? Hello. Hey, Scott, what's going on? Well, this is not Scott in Atlanta. This is Jason in Lexington. Do you have me? Okay, sure. <laughs> Sounds good. Jason in Lexington, tell me what you're looking forward to. Sorry, I have the wrong name on right, my listen, board well, here. You're going to just have to talk, Jason, if you're going to be on here. Go okay, ahead. Jason, go for it, buddy. Oh, well, listen, I can I can talk as much as you can. Here's what I see oh. for this upcoming football season. <laughs> okay. The... The most exciting things I'm looking for is one for um, to see how this litmus test goes with Lincoln Riley when leaving the program, taking some of his own players through the transfer portal to go there. Let's see how that rolls. Mm-hmm. It's going to work really well. He's going to be hugely successful there, Shay. I mean, he is. It may not be this year because they don't have a complete roster, but Lincoln Riley is going to create a juggernaut at USC. It's just a matter of when. I do think it is a bit of a litmus test, though, because obviously he did something we hadn't seen before, and that is obviously leaving a school, going somewhere else, bringing players with him. The NIL situation is definitely escalated. Like It's a different kind of – Situation that he's got going at USC, but I agree with you. I think he's going to be, he's going to be successful. And I think Matt Jones, it's good for college football if USC well, is back in the fold. I actually do for USC different than Notre Dame because you need a good team on the West Coast. I mean, the yep. one thing that I do think matters is the geography of it. And so, you know, the South is always going to have good good teams. The Midwest, that's why I don't care about Notre Dame because Michigan and Ohio State have been good. Yep. But you need to have a good team on the West Coast. Oregon's been it sometimes, but nobody's better about that than USC. So I think it is good for the sport to have a great 
team out there, he's going to build a juggernaut. Now, of course, they're going to move to the Big Ten, so that's not going to help those other West Coast schools, but they are going to create a monster. Yeah, I agree with you. Okay, let's go to Sean in North Carolina. Sean, North Carolina, you got something on the ACC. What's up, buddy? Uh, I just want to say stuff it to Virginia Tech. Virginia's winning the ACC this year. Love it. Love Anybody it. who right wants to, to just say stuff it to their opponents, I like it. The Virginia Virginia Tech rivalry, Shay. That's a that's a harsh one. Yeah, that is a harsh one. Um, this is why, though, I love college football so much. Like we have these rivalries, but I feel like rivalries are not the same in professional sports as they are. They're in, not in college. Like I, we talked about this one day on the radio, Matt Jones. Can you name a rivalry in professional sports that like lives up to any of the hype that college? No, 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 no. That college football. Well, first of all, the only rivalry in pro sports that I really think matters is Yankees Red Sox. But and honestly, even that. they play like fifteen they play, times they, a year. Exactly, they play six hundred times. Here's the thing about college football. You, in, in pro sports, with the exception of like New York and L.A. and a couple sports, you don't share communities with your rival. If you live in the state of Alabama, you have a neighbor that's an Auburn fan, and you probably hate them because of their sports teams. In Kentucky, we share the same air with Louisville fans, and so it makes it personal. It makes it intrinsic in your soul. You don't get that with pro sports because even when teams share a city, they're playing in two different conferences. It's just different here in college. Yeah, that's a good point. I never thought of it that way. I Red Sox, Yankees, yeah, that's a, a big one, obviously. I And you probably do, too, because you're a Bears fan. Like, Bears, Packers, I care about. But I know, like, outside the Midwest, maybe people – or outside of Bears and Packers fans, maybe they don't care as much as we do. Um, but even but, with Bears, Packers, Shay, do you – does that game mean more to you than any game on the schedule? Yeah, it kind of does. It does. Because yeah, if the me, Bears actually it. beat the Packers, man, I would be – singing from the rooftops like I, it would mean way more than them beating any other good team you know what I mean so yeah it does mean more but here's how you know if it's a rival if the thought of losing to them Makes hurts more than the happiness of winning and winning yeah and right. that's how I right. am with ten- that's how I am with Tennessee and Louisville or with Kentucky the idea of losing to Louisville is much worse than the idea of beating them. So the game isn't fun because I just can't imagine how awful losing to them is going to be. That's how you know you have arrived. That That is a very good way to look at it, and I agree with you, Matt Jones. All right, coming up next, we're going to play a little game here that does involve Tom Brady. We'll do that. And also, excuse me, what did Baker say, and how do the Browns feel about it? We'll talk about it next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Shay Cornette, Matt Jones here with you. And yesterday was another big day if you're a Yankees fan because uh, one Aaron Judge hit yet another home run, and he continues to carry the Yankees with his bat. He has 15, 51, rather, not 15, 51 homers so far on the season. And I remember coming into the season talking about Aaron Judge and the contract situation and arbitration and all these things, Matt Jones, and I was like, look, there are legitimately hundreds of millions of dollars riding on this guy staying healthy because that is what we have yet to see, and that is why I assume the Yankees haven't been willing to give him this massive contract that he wants. Well, he's been healthy, he's been producing, and he is probably the lone reason, and I shouldn't say that because obviously they have a very good roster around him, but a big reason why the Yankees are winning at the clip that they are. And, and he continues to produce, and it's home run after home run. To trade him to another team or to see him in anything but the pinstripes feels 
wrong to me in every single way. And so for him to continue hitting at this pace, it makes me feel like he's going to be the MVP of the American League. He's going to get paid those hundreds of millions of dollars that he deserves, and he's going to be a Yankee forever. That's how I feel with every home run he hits there uh, with the Yankees this season. We got to give him a lot of credit that he bet on himself. I mean, yeah. you know, everybody talks about that. But rarely does it work out, honestly. Sometimes you end up basically where you would have been otherwise. But he's going to make $100 million at least more dollars than he would have by his decision. And that is – that's a big, you know, compliment to him. What's fascinating about his home run pace is he keeps hitting home runs and the Yankees are, have been awful in August. And it'll be interesting to see what he does down the stretch. I mean, this Yankees team has collapsed. Now, yet it doesn't matter yet because they're still in first place. But it'll be interesting to see if he's going to be able to carry them on his back. Do you think he beats Roger Maris 61? Mm, yes, I do. I do think he beats Roger Maris 61. So I think we're going to have a few things that uh, happen this season. I think he beats Roger Maris 61. I think Albert Pujols is the last player to hit 700 home runs too. Um, I think this year is a special year for Major League Baseball in terms of home runs in that way because I just don't – players don't play – at, at, at every day like they used to. And Aaron Judge obviously has stayed healthy and he's doing this at a remarkable clip. I don't know that that happens as often as it used to. Like, we're seeing things this year that we might not see for a really long time, Matt Jones. I think if you when, you, when it's all said and done, this Aaron Judge uh, season will be one of the most amazing ever because of how much more he's hitting home runs than everyone else in the league. Mm-hmm. No doubt. And, I, again, I think this this all is now going to go into his bank account, and it's going to happen sooner rather than later. And I hope he does not get traded away from the Yankees, and that's what that means because him in any other uniform besides pinstripes just feels absolutely super weird to me. Shea Cornette, Matt Jones with you. We've got more Canty and Carlin coming up here on the other side now that Aaron Judge has hit 51 home runs for the Yankees. So when we came in, I thought Notre Dame – or I'm sorry, I thought Ohio State was favored by 12-and-a-half. You corrected me, I think, to 15-and-a-half, and now the line is at 17-and-a-half? That's where Ohio, it should be. Ohio it's, State's uh, I, and I would still, it's moving I would up still by the bet, minute? What's going well, no, on it was, it was It was 16-and-a-half this morning. I, it, it would, listen, I would, go with, I would go with Ohio State up to 20. I mean, I, I just I think this is I, – look, I know Notre Dame's ranked number five, but that's a ridiculous ranking for how good this team is. That's name alone, and that will be shown on Saturday. Man, that's a lot of points. Uh, all right, uh, this is Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Shea Cornette, Matt Jones here with you on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. All right, let's play a little game here. NFL questions we probably weren't trying to answer, but we're going to anyways because we're quickly approaching the NFL season. And for that, we turn to Ryan Matlack. Matlack, what do you got on us? Oh, we love that music, Brendan, the prime time. I got a question for you guys because it's been like maybe an hour since we talked about Tom Brady. Uh, clearly, a lot of people talking about his return to camp and his comments, uh, some of which were profane, uh, especially for Tom Brady. Is he, though, a top 20 player still in the NFL? And if you think it's a resounding yes... Then we'll say, is he a top 10 player in the NFL still? First of all, he's definitely top 20. And, yeah, he's top 10. Look, here's the, here's the, here's the amount of quarterback, Shea, I want to have on my roster instead of Tom Brady today. I think I'd rather have Mahomes and maybe I'd rather have Josh Allen. What about Rodgers? And Roger? that's it. What about Rodgers? And, well, and Rodgers. Okay, so those three. Then next is Brady. That's it. I don't want anybody else. And since quarterback's the most important position, if I have, at worst, the fourth-best quarterback, then he's a top-ten player. 
Yeah, I'll give him a top 10 all day long. And I'm sorry. I love Josh Allen. I think he could win a Super Bowl. I think he's capable. I think his team is loaded. But I haven't seen Josh Allen win a Super Bowl. And Tom Brady has seven rings. So give me Tom Brady over him, too. And Mahomes has one. And I'm sorry, last year Mahomes was turning the ball over at a high clip. And he's still young. And I'll take I'll take Brady over him, too. It's like Brady and Rodgers. You take Brady over everybody? I'm not, not over everybody, and I know there's circumstantial situations, but I, it, it, the fact that we're even – I mean, I would argue he's a top-five quarterback. You put him on virtually any roster in the National Football League, and it guarantees you going to the postseason. What about that doesn't make him a top-ten quarterback? Why are we even having this conversation? He's I agree. I would say I, I would take – the Allen case is close. Um, yeah, I would definitely fine. take That's Mahomes fine. over him, and I think I would take Aaron Rodgers if you promise me that I don't have to listen to him speak. <laughs> Fine, and, but like, is it crazy for me to say that I would take Brady over Mahomes and, and no, well, Allen? I mean, no, I don't think it's, it's crazy. crazy. It's not right. crazy. No, exactly. it's not crazy. All right, Matt. Like, what's next? Which players will break out in 2022? In this article that we are getting off ESPN.com, CD Lamb was a candidate out there. Do you guys have a player that you believe will break out this season in the NFL? I'm going to say Trevor Lawrence. I think he's going to have a, a big year. I think Jacksonville is going to be significantly better. I don't think they're a playoff team, but I think they're going to be significantly better. And I think you're going to see why he was the number one overall pick. I think people have just conveniently forgotten he exists because he was in Jacksonville and the whole Urban Meyer situation. But I think they won't have forgotten that at the end of the year. I, I think you're going to see a huge step-up breakout year for Trevor Lawrence. Oh, this is hard for me. Um, I, you know, I, I want to lean towards Tony Pollard, perhaps, maybe, with uh, the Cowboys. I just think Ezekiel Elliott, like, yes, he was once very good, and he's a good, you know, second option in terms of a, a running back. But there were moments last year where I actually thought Tony Pollard was much better than Ezekiel Elliott, more reliable. Um, and so I'll give it to Tony Pollard this year because I think that he's going to emerge as one of the best backs in the league. All right, do not go too long on this one. Rams or Chargers? Battle for best L.A. roster. Who will have it? The Rams or the Chargers? Of course, seems like a stupid uh, question. The Rams are defending champs, but obviously a little bit of uh, worry about Matthew Stafford. Rams or Chargers? Best L.A. roster. I mean, how can you not pick the Rams? Aaron Donald's the best defensive player in the league. Cooper Cup was the best receiver. Jalen Ramsey's great. I don't care that Matthew Stafford has a little bit of elbow pain. The Chargers have done nothing. I know Justin Herbert's good, but so what? That's not even close to me. The Chargers, to me, are the most overhyped team going into the year. I take the Rams easy. Okay, see, Matt Jones and I have never worked together because this is my argument all the time when we discuss AFC West teams and how everyone's, like, beating the drums for the Chargers like they've been in the Super Bowl the last three years. I'm like, yeah. is it me, or do they not know how to win games in close-game situations no, when they're, they like, a one-score away? No, yeah. they haven't in years. And, to, I, and I'm sorry, even their head coach, like, Staley, I need to see more out of you, too, in terms of decision-making when games are tight and games are close. Herbert's great, but he's a kid that's never been to the postseason. Like, come on. Let's take a pause on the Chargers. Now, on paper, their roster looks very good, but it ain't as good as the Rams, who are already a proven winner. So give me the Rams all day long. Do you got one more? Real quick, and this one will go right for you because of who you're married to, Shay. Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow? Joe Burrow all day long for the exact reason I just gave. I mean, Joe Burrow, proven winner. The man didn't even have a rookie season, essentially, and he brings his team all the way to the Super Bowl. They went from last to first. No one thought they would be where they were. He's got a cool factor about him. I don't care how many times I say that in the show. Joe Burrow all day long. Who you got, Matt Jones? Ah, Joe Burrow, come on. I mean, Justin yeah. Herbert, nice guy, good hair, yeah. has a yeah. chance to be really good. Joe Burrow went to the Super Bowl. I, I, Justin Herbert has done – he's very good. 
but let's let him do something in the postseason before we get rid of a guy who just went to the Super Bowl. I could not agree with you more. Can we get Joe Burrow some commercials? I mean, come on. What is going on here? Baker Mayfield had him. Get Joe Burrow He's got all of them in Cincinnati, I'll tell you that. More Canty and Carlin coming up next.